Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We're your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And it's kind of exciting today. We're doing a special Ask Us Anything episode. We've got so many questions that we might even be doing two Ask Us Everything episodes. Yeah, because I want to get through all the questions. Yeah, we have a lot of questions. We did a call out. We did a call out. We've been kind of remiss on on booking guests. And so we did a call out for questions and you guys really delivered. Thank you so much. Um, I think we're both a little weird today. I feel a little weird. Do you feel weird? Yeah, I do feel a little weird. I am really weird. I think you're you're more in a funk weird and I'm on edge weird. So a uh, charming combination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone's going to love this episode. It's going to be the fucking best. <laughs> I know. Oh, I also haven't God. eaten today, which is so stupid. So oh, I expect no. some okay. rage, some rage hunger to come poking through. Some some hanger to come some, through. Some hanger. Oh, some great. Real hanger. I know. But anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into our questions. Let's get into it. Do you want to ask the first one? I will ask the first one. Okay. Could you please talk about self-discipline and or burnout? How has the pandemic changed your ability to get things done and ambition? Would you, would you would you care to go first? Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, there are two different things that are really related, self-discipline and burnout. Yeah. Because once you get really burnt out, there's very little you can do to make yourself feel like you're actually getting shit done. Or there's very little you can do once you get burnt out to get shit done. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll tell you that I, at the beginning of the pandemic, had a bunch of jobs and I lost all those jobs. And then I spent a year trying to sort of rebuild and pitching a lot. I pitched a lot of big projects in that year and half of them didn't go and half of them did. And then negotiating them took another year, all of which my ambition was riled up because I needed to make money. Right. So it's like, OK, I just ha I have to make money here. Um, 
I am currently myself in a very dangerous, ambitious place. I can feel it. I am teetering into a complete lack of balance in my life. And I am, I'm overworking. I know that it's a temporary situation. And sometimes when you get in a hole, you kind of have to like climb your way out of it and you have to overwork. But at the same time, I have so little tolerance for it. And I feel so sad because I'm neglecting things that are important to me. Like I've been missing school pickups and not checking in with my friends. In terms of self-discipline, I mean, I'm, I'm disciplined only by necessity. I'm disciplined when there are real deadlines, when I really need the paycheck. That's when I'm the most disciplined. I will say that the ADHD medication has helped me be more disciplined. Mm -hmm. But I'm ambitious, as we've talked about before, because I have work that I really still want to put out in the world and I want to be able to still put it out. I feel very driven by still wanting to create. I'm not ambitious for titles, for big jobs, for even money. I'm money by necessity only for survival. But just because I really want to create work, I want to continue to create work. So that's where my ambition is. I would say somewhere in the last, about three years ago, I didn't know where I was with it at all. I didn't want to do anything. I couldn't conceive of doing anything. I was so burnt out. But now I'm I'm very engaged. I'm engaged in a in a in a too far way. I want to bring it back into the middle. I'm out of I'm out of balance. Um, yeah. How about you? Um, you know, I was very ambitious when I was in my twenties and thirties. Um, and ambitious in the way that people say when they're kind of dissing you as well. You know, it was it was really important to me to have a lot of bylines, to write for a lot of different publications, to be super well connected with editors. All of that like was kind of the fuel that kept me going. And then by the time I got a job that really was a big job, probably around the time I was 40. So after I'd been in that job for a few years, I just, um, I stopped giving as much of a shit. And part of it was because I, I had it. Yeah. But then when I left that job, you know, after I was fired, I just, I didn't have the same ambition that I did. And it wasn't just about being older and it wasn't just about having achieved something that was big. Yeah. Um, it was also about like, I don't want to put myself through this again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there is a price. There's a, there's a big price. And I would like to find more. I was just thinking about it this morning. Like this morning I was like, this is gross, but I was like, when was the last time I washed my hair? Like I've been so busy and I hate that space. And I hate when I feel like work requires that, that much of me, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Ideally you'd have a balanced relationship with work where you had, where you felt sort of organically motivated to do the work you had to do, where you could compartmentalize the work but still do it. I mean, or not. I mean, I don't care if people don't want to work, they don't want to work. But I do think that there is some satisfaction in work as well, right? There is a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, it's work and work and sex, right? Those are the two things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I've said this on the podcast before. I do believe people lie on their deathbeds in which they'd spent more time at the office. Yeah. You know, not everybody and not all the time, but I do think a lot of people wish they had made, they had built out more of an identity through their work. 
Yeah, I mean, or had the opportunity to, yes. right? Yes, think, that's right. I think the problem is, is that, and this happened for both of us, you you much more than me. But I think the problem is, is when you, you, you set these kind of summits for yourself, these like dream jobs or this dream, you know, this idea of what the, the, the height of a career, the pinnacle could be of a career. And when you get there, it's like when you hike the Smoky Mountains, right? I don't know if you know this, but I one time I went on the hardest hike in the Smoky Mountains on the Appalachian Trail. When you get to the fucking top of the Smoky Mountains, they're smoky. Guess what? <laughs> 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 you can't see shit. <laughs> that's hilarious and i feel the same way i felt the same way when i was you know the c and the c-suite and i had i had the job that everybody thought from the outside world was you know a great job it felt really bad inside yeah i don't know i guess i get this is such an interesting question because i mean there's a lot of things being asked here it's about self-discipline and burnout and i think that when you're ambitious ambitious you're you're always sort of hitting up against the line of burnout and trying not to go over the edge, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're not ambitious and you're not self-disciplined, you're going over another kind of end that you don't like. Yeah, it's a yucky, a yucky one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I feel like we should move on. Yes, move on. Yes. Okay, you ask the next one. Okay. Do you ever miss your landlines or society in a pre-cell phone world? Yes. Right? All the time. I mean, thank God that COVID happened during a time when we could all be connected to each other more than we ever could. Right. But I miss the time when if you told your friend you were going to be on the corner of Spring Street and Mercer at 3.30 on a Saturday afternoon, you had to be on the corner of Spring Street and Mercer at 3.30 in the afternoon. Like, I, I, I like that... I didn't know who was going to call when the phone rang, you know, I mean, yeah. there are just, I, I, I do. And I, and I miss memorizing my friend's phone numbers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, they're all little things. And of course, if I had to say, I would rather, I would take the world the way it is now compared to that. But I like, I mean, I'm very nostalgic for the nineties because it's the last time before everything changed. Yeah. I think that I am nostalgic for, like sort of pre-iPhone cell phone time. Like mm -hmm. I liked being able to text my friends. I liked being on a call. I liked having a phone wherever I was, you know? I think that now that the phone is everything and social media, that you're just like a zombie with the phone. I I hate that. I hate yeah. I hate that. But at the same time, if you take my phone away from me for four hours, I don't know if you had this experience recently, but if your phone's taken away from you and then suddenly you get your phone back. You like look at your phone. You're like, I love phone. <laughs> like, there's never anything as great as it. You're like, oh, emails. <laughs> you know? Everything. It's yeah. kind of got everything. Yeah. I yeah. know. I know. Okay. So there's that one. Okay. Um. Okay. When and how in your life did you feel most powerful, and what kind of power do you feel is still present at this point in your life? Fuck. It's a hard one. I mean, I felt powerful when I was literally powerful, but the power I feel now is a different kind of power. Explain. Um, 
the power I felt when I had a powerful job was a little, it was just about that. It was about the job. It right. was like I glommed onto that power where the power I feel now is much more, you know, systemic. It's much more inside of me. And in, 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 and in the way I work, like I, I, I don't, you know, and I also power is such a funny word because it implies like power over others. Yes. And I don't have, you know, I don't have power over anyone. Uh, yeah. I, I think I felt very powerful when I was like in Yahoo, like sort of the pageantry of a corporate job, you know, you're walking around in a blazer and you're mm -hmm. walking into a conference room and everything's speedy and like, hi, Sam, how you doing today? <laughs> you know, whatever, like the whole thing. And, you know, I felt powerful when I could like help people get raises, when I could get them bonuses, when I could, you know, when I could reject things. I liked rejecting things a lot. I think I felt powerful in a corporate job, but then also very disempowered by a corporate job. I think yes. power, it's all, you know, it's always every, it, what is yeah. Bob Dylan saying? Every boss has a boss or whatever that line yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the line is, but I, I feel like everything, everything has, there's two faces, right? To all of it. And I don't feel powerful at all now. I feel, I feel zero power and I, I don't mind that. I mean, I don't feel, I guess power is a weird word because I feel like I have an inner strength. I feel like I can, I know who I am. I feel like I reject work that I don't want. I feel like I stand up for myself. I feel like I have better boundaries than I've ever had. And if that's what power is, then sure. Yeah. But that's the kind of power I feel like I have now. I have like boundaries or I have the power to not engage in some bullshit that I don't need to engage in. That's good. That's true. That's a, that's a power. That is a yeah. that is wisdom is power. That's the only kind of power I'm interested in right now. It's like the power that's like self-protective and protecting people I care about. Good. Everything you just said I agree with. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. Um I'm going to answer this next one. Okay, I'll, um, I'll read it. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, read it. Okay, maybe way too personal, but as a breast cancer survivor, I would love to know more about Kim's breast cancer experience and how it's affected her in the years since if she is up for sharing. Um, yeah, I had breast cancer when I was 39 years old. I went in for my baseline mammogram. So if any of you out there have not gone in for a baseline mammogram yet, it's really important. Um, and they found something. And everybody thought it was nothing and it was teeny and I was pretty confident it was nothing. And then it was something. It was stage one, which is very, very early. I got away. They were, the, the, the tumor itself was so small that it was removed during the biopsy in its entirety. But they still do surgery around the margins just to make sure they've got everything. And then that was followed up with weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of radiation which is just like, as anybody who's experienced it can say, it's just like nothing more than it's a huge pain in the ass. Um, Did it hurt? I didn't, it, it doesn't hurt. Radiation doesn't hurt. You just go lie down on a cold metal slab and they like zap you. They do give you, it's very interesting. You get little teeny and in, almost invisible tattoos before you have radiation mm. so that the technicians know how to line up the machines with your body. Interesting. 
Um, I can never find them, but they're there mm -hmm. and some people get them removed. So um, that, that was my cancer experience and it was pretty weird. I mean, I, I was during that period of time more depressed than I'd ever been in my entire life. And at the time I thought, okay, I know what we're doing about this cancer. I don't know how I'm ever getting out of this depression. Um, wow. Yeah, the cancer was really, was really dwarfed by the depression. Um, and, you know, my cancer tested my marriage. My marriage ended, you know, not long after I had cancer. And it, for some reasons, it had to do with how our life went while I had cancer. Right. Um, I never went on... Um, God, I'm blanking on the name of it, the drug that everyone goes on after they have breast cancer because um, the side effects, among the side effects were depression. And at that point, I just couldn't handle anymore. And my doctor thought that I, mine was early enough caught that I didn't need to. And, you know, I go every year and get my mammogram and my sonogram and sometimes an MRI too. And, um, and I knock wood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's my breast cancer story. I, I count myself really, really fucking lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But so scary. So young. It was weird. I mean, but what was weird was like the day that I found out I had cancer, the day I needed to call the doctor to find out the results was the day we had the book party for the first Lucky book, which was a huge deal. And it was when Lucky was super, super hot. Yeah. And, um, one of the editors was with me in my office and she said, just call right now, call right now. So it's not in your mind at the party. And oh. I called and she was staring at me and I was listening to the doctor and she saw me start writing down things. And she just knew that that was it. And I don't know, somehow I got through that night. Like I, it was, it was actually kind of nice because it was a party full of people who I knew and loved mm -hmm. and I could just not think about it. But, like my older brother looked stricken when he saw me. My mother couldn't stop crying. Oh God. And I thought like, and she had had, you know, the same kind of breast cancer caught very early, much later in her life. But um, that was weird and that pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm okay. Can you people like hold it together? But I would probably be the same way if it happened, you know, God forbid to one of my brothers or something. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah, that's a scary. That's scary, but I'm glad. I'm and you know also lucky. It was a lucky. It is a lucky story. A, a lucky cancer story. Yeah, um, I mean, I you know people. I, I I we all have friends at this point who've gone through it or family members. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like it's a lot more treatable now. It's like in a lot more cases if it's caught early, and that is why we all have to get the fucking mammograms, even though the mammograms and and stopped. give ourselves a breast exam, which I'm terrible at. I do it too. I mean, yeah, but it's so, if you have lumpy breasts, it's like, what the fuck am I even feeling? You know what I mean? I know. Like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Cause that, the technician at once when I got a mammogram said, you have very busy breasts. <laughs> I was like, you know, they, they're busy. They just got shit to do. <laughs> oh God. Let's take a quick break from some ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Um, all right. Um, oh God. Okay. You oh, want yeah, to this, this is one? a good this, this is a good, good one, one for me. you, Jen. It is. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, how do you navigate truly hard times in a relationship? And how do you care for yourself when your relationship is going through a really challenging time? Oof. So I've been with my husband almost 20 years, I figured out. 19 Amazing. years. Um you know, it's really hard. The pandemic, we had a really hard time in the pandemic. 
there have certainly been times over the course of these two decades when I've thought, you know, oh, I think maybe this is it. This this might be it. Maybe we should think about splitting um, where we've just totally lost each other. There's just like there's just feels like there's there's no room for us in the other person's life or a number of reasons. You know, you just sort of abandon each other somehow, um, not intentionally, sometimes intentionally. But I. I listened to something and I forget what it was. It might have been like the power of now. It was like something really corny that I was listening to in a book. And it was it, I forget where it came from, but it was like, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Mm hmm. And I've never really felt like, oh, I, I absolutely need to leave this marriage. So I've just kind of done nothing in those moments. I've kind of sat still, taken good care of myself, which is the second part of this question, you know, consulted with really close people in my life, or at least not consulted with, confided in and said, you know, I'm really unhappy just so I'm not bottling it all up, but not in a way mm -hmm. that betrays the marriage because you have to be really careful about, I think, those conversations because I think there are people in your life who would like to see you out of your marriage, you know, for whatever reason. And sometimes those people have an agenda when you're having a conversation with them and they just think maybe you'd be better off or they don't understand what's inside of your marriage and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you have to be careful about the people you confide in. I think mm -hmm. you need to take really good care of yourself. And, you know, do all whatever the self-care is for you, you know, whether that's meditating, walking. I took a lot of baths, I think, in the last time we had a really hard time in our marriage. Um, and just kind of move slowly through it and the answer will reveal itself. Like the last time we had a really hard time, I thought, oh, this this might be it. And I just went slowly through it. And now these days I'm very much in love with my husband again. So you know, it's, it's up and down, up and down, and it's really fucking hard. And, and I think everybody's making a, a, a list in their head, you know, somewhere consciously or not at all times of pros and cons. Should I be in this? Should I not? And the pros for me outweigh the cons overwhelmingly usually. Um, and I think that's the best you can do. <laughs> I think yeah. that's it. I, I think that people should get divorced if they if they feel like they want to get divorced. I feel like you shouldn't be afraid of that. I happen to really love my husband a, a lot, and I don't really want to be out of the marriage. Not that anybody's asking that, but the, that has always sustained me as I like him and I love him. So that well, kind of sustains. And I feel like the best marriages I know are the couples who like, I mean, this is such a no duh, but right. who actually sincerely like, like each other. And yeah. You know, it's like Ashley Ford said when she came on, like, my husband is delighted by me. Yes. You know, when you have that baseline of, of like, you know, it's different than the passion. It's different from the love. It's like, I, this is my little buddy. And if your partner isn't your little buddy, no, then it's, then it's tough. And the expectation that you're going to be happy with a person all the time is, is just foolish. It's just, you know, it's just yeah. not going to happen or that they that they can give you the other thing that when you're going through a rough time, one of the things I've done is I've kind of taken an inventory of my life. You know, what do I need that this person isn't giving to me? And am I expecting too much out of this person? Like, right. have I, have I like let go of friendships? Do I need to see other people? Usually the answer is yes. You know, because yeah. the, you know, we, 
The thing is about being with another person for decades is you have to be able to change and grow. And the only way you can do that is with spaciousness in the marriage, in the relationship, or, you know, in any relationship. And we forget that. And sometimes I, I felt lonely in my marriage as my husband has been going through something that has nothing to do with me, but he just has to go through. And then I can feel abandoned, right? And then it's mm-hmm. like a whole fucking mess. But instead I can just, oh, okay, he can't give me that right now. Let me, I have lots of other relationships in my life. And if I don't, let me go find some more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. relying on your partner for everything is never a good idea. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. But we we did a thing at um when we were together for 10 years, we did a thing. My husband was like, we were having a hard time and we went out to dinner for our anniversary. And he was like, okay, I have a plan. Decade two, we're just going to reset. <laughs> just a total, let's forget everything that happened in decade one. Now we're in Aww. decade two. <laughs> That's adorable. It kind of worked. Also, I just laughed a lot. So that also helps. I think having a sense of humor about the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so too. I mean, you know, you know much better than me. Well, I'm jealous of you. You're in a new relationship that's like, it's all the excitement of the newness. You know, that stuff's great too. Yeah, no, the excitement of the newness is good. And we're we're coming up on um, this week that the episode airs. We will have our one-year anniversary. So crazy. That's exciting. It is. And it's different when it's at the beginning. But, you know, I mean, after a year, you start kind of beginning to see you know, where the, where the leaks are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's still kind of excited even. Well, even finding out the leaks is exciting. I mean, the first, I remember we were with a couple once um, who had been together for a long time and they were not having an especially good time, but I, I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast, but the, the man we'd gone out with them for dinner and the man was kind of drunk the, of the other couple. And our, Alex and I were having like some bickering about something. And the man looks at us and he goes, Oh, yeah. First year problems. <laughs> <laughs> they do change. It's true. They change. They change. Well, it's like your 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 a relationship is like a body of water, you know, like the ocean. It moves, it goes up, it goes down, it goes forward, it goes back. And you just have to move with the motion of your relationship. And you have to let go. That's the other thing. That's the thing I have to say. You have to let go. You cannot be just holding resentments because if you're going to hold the resentments, you might as well just leave because it's not fair to just keep relitigating the same shit with the person from what, you know, five years ago, three years ago. No, no, no. You can't, you can't give history lessons. No, no, you got to, you have to let go. You do have to have that decade to reset. And we did. And we were like, okay, let's see who, who we are now. I don't fucking know. (laughs) That's good. Okay. Um, I liked this question, even though it wasn't really a question. Meaning making in perpetual turbulence. Hmm. What did you think that meant? Like, how do we, in, in this time that we're living in right now, where everything is so crazy, and even like the Oscars are crazy, like right. everything is crazy. Like, how do you, how do you eke out some meaning or some direction when the world around you is crazy. That's what I. That's yeah, what no, I, no, 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 um, no. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think that the times in my life that have been the most turbulent 
like the only thing that could help me find meaning in those times was just by trying as hard as I could to quiet my mind. Yeah. You know, to quiet my mind and, and, and try to get at, because, you know, it's like we were talking about when we were talking about anger, it's a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. You spend so much time reacting yeah. and, 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 and quieting your mind. So you're not just reacting to like, Oh my God. And you know, there's going to be nuclear war and you know, Will Smith turns out to be a dick and right. everything right. else. Like, it, right. You just have to kind of center yourself, which is hard when things are turbulent. I mean, Will Smith turns out to be maybe mentally unwell. Okay. Like, let's say that. Like, who knows what's mm -hmm. going on with Will Smith? But um, I, I think that I had this, I had a situation yesterday where I was really just fucking in, I was starting, I was starting in a rage spiral. I was like, or just like an overwhelm spiral, you know, that was just like, what the fuck? The stove is dirty. I didn't get any work done today. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And then I opened up the drawer where I keep our vitamins and supplements and prescriptions and everything. And I saw in this drawer all of the medication I've taken for my stomach in the last year. And I realized mm -hmm. I have not had to take it for the last month. And so I had great. this moment of real gratitude. And I was like, okay, I'm focusing way too much on the negative. I need to flip that and focus a little bit on the positive here. And I think that those moments or like, yeah. like, oh, I'm yelling at my kid about something that doesn't matter. I should just go spend time with my kid and just be silly. You know, just like having that, that right sizing perspective, like yeah. in, if you can in the moment, which it's so hard in the moment to do it, but you know, uh, marijuana helps. <laughs> instant perspective. Into instant perspective. I don't know. Whatever your choice of sometimes having like a altering your brain, whether that's meditation or having a drink or microdosing or you know weed or whatever the hell it is. It, I think like having those moments where you're like, okay, what's really going on here? Just like what you said, the quieting your mind, which is a, it's a more healthy way to think about it. Cool. Okay. Here's another one. You want me? Is it your, is it oh, your it's my turn? It's my turn. Okay. As I'm approaching 50 and all the responsibilities life brings, I'm thinking a lot about mortality and how many quote good years I have left. Mostly I'm looking for fun whenever and wherever I can get it. What are you guys doing for fun? When do you steal those moments in your day to day? I was thinking about this question. I was thinking like what I do for fun. I mean, the funnest times I have are when I'm with friends or I'm with family. I went out with my family for my nephew's birthday on Sunday night and we went to this Korean place in Gowanus and it was just like fun. They just amuse me. Like I find my family to be really entertaining. Mm -hmm. My siblings and my mom and their partners. Um, and so I think that's what I do for fun. I think, you know, Paul and I are also like really good hanger outers. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I believe strongly in the, the restorative power of lying on the sofa doing word games. <laughs> I just do. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of that. And, you know, I love going to the park. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, the dog, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, well, my kids started sleeping late in the mornings now, and we're at that age. And so Alex and I have been going for dog walks by ourselves on the weekends. And, like, mm -hmm. that's a very fun time. 
And we've also been making sure, even if we're not going out, that we're spending some time talking to each other, just like having like a, a stupid, funny conversation. And, you know, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of TV and I like, I like doing those things. Those things are fun to me. I have not been seeing friends as much as I would like, because that is really meaningful and fun. I went out with a group of women, um, our age, um, everyone was in their late forties and fifties. And that was, we had a super fun dinner and I almost didn't go. Cause I was like, I don't know any of these people. Oh my God. And it turned out to be the best time. Mm-hmm. I think the fun is, I think fun happens in person. And I think that fun happens with people for me these days. Although a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, I did go to an amusement park and rode a bunch of roller coasters. And I never liked roller coasters in my life, like fucking a horror. <laughs> and I had the best day. So I think also being spontaneous, like being yeah. like the other night, we were like, oh, fuck it. Let's not make dinner. Let's all go out to dinner. And we just like, just, you know, out of nowhere, we were like, let's just go out to dinner. And yeah. it's so stupid, but like it was, it was really, we had a really fun time just being spontaneous, which is a thing we're not as much, I think, as we get older. No, we're definitely not. And there are fewer opportunities to be spontaneous as you get older. Yeah. Well, but that's by design, right? I mean, our lives could be all kind. We could just have spontaneous spontaneity all the time. We're adults. We could do it. It's true. I could go to the, I could go get a bottle of wine right now at 9.50 in the morning. <laughs> I could go to a swingers club. We Ex could do all sorts exactly. of things. Exactly. All these You're sex right. clubs they keep telling us about. We could go, <laughs> we could go to a cuddle party. <laughs> I know who's, who's going to the sex clubs. I, I, the I, I don't know. The, the youngs. youngs. You're the youngs. right. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm as fun as I used to be, but fun can be just like turning on a, a song and like dancing in your house. Yes. No, I, for a long time during the beginning of COVID, I danced around my apartment for 30 minutes every morning. That was super fun. Singing when I'm like, when I realize like, like when I'm like working at the computer or something and I've got music on and I realize I'm singing along. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's fun. Like those are moments actually when you were talking about gratitude, where it's so important to be like, I'm so happy right now. I'm singing along to the music. Yes. Like, recognize this moment because you'll for sure recognize it when it goes away. That's right. That's right. That's right. And music too. Like remembering how much you love music. Like I forget mm -hmm. that all the time. And then I'll like play something. Oh my God. I remembered yesterday that the first concert I ever went to was Information Society. So I played, which it's, pure energy is their only, their only bop. <laughs> I played that song and I hadn't heard it in years. It's not even a good song, but it was just like the, the rush of the, all the memories of being, you know, 15 and going to this concert, first concert I went to alone. Um, and, or w without parents. And anyway, just remembering the things that you loved, like just trying to remember the things you loved, even books, like going back and reading a book that you yep. really love, you know? Yeah, no, that's for sure. Music is a huge one for me. Yes. Really big. Um, I feel uh, like we've kind of answered this one, but ask it and we could see if we have anything more for it. Yeah, I know that. Well, I feel like we talk about this every single episode at some point, but I will ask the question. Okay. How, how you've come to understand your identities in the context of your career through the ages. I feel like we're I feel like we were told career was so important in our 20s. And as I age, I realize it doesn't have to be so defining. Yeah, 
I mean, I feel like it, I mean, yeah, I feel like we talked about this a bit. I, I, I definitely define myself less by what I do. Sometimes I really miss being able to define myself by what I do more, but, um, mostly I'm okay with it. I feel like I, I feel like I, you know, like I would have been, if I was a mountain climber, I'd be one of those people who climbed like what the, the, the really tall mountain and then was like, okay, I don't have to do that again. <laughs> That is right. Exactly true. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I, I feel like I keep finding mountains. That's that's my problem. Like I keep finding a different kind of mountain. I'm like, oh, but that one has a different terrain, you know, but that's good. I guess I guess I, I feel too unhealthy right now in the. I feel a little too unhealthy to answer this question right now. I don't have a good answer for it because I don't know. I, I, I still can feel like, oh fuck, am I a loser? I can really feel like I'm a loser if I'm doing nothing. And I don't like that in myself because, you know, my heroes, like, you know, Ray Hans are not fucking doing that. Well, actually she's doing quite a bit, but like my heroes have a very healthy relationship with work and you yep. feel it. And the, the work that they do is, is, is not for status and not because you see like the sick hunger in them. It's yeah. because they have real passion for what they're doing. Yeah. Those are, those are my heroes. You know, I, I was thinking about someone we know this weekend. Um, and I, well, I was delivered it. This has nothing to do with anything, but I was delivered an incredibly juicy piece of gossip about an enemy. And I was really, normally I would just chew on that juicy piece of gossip, but I'm grown so much that I can't even enjoy gossip anymore. I'm so sad. Fucking I've become a person <laughs> who's like, Oh, this kind of makes me just sad. The thing that we were going back and forth yes. about this week yeah. about somebody who who is an enemy of yours and no longer somebody I'm that close to. Yeah. And and not even enemy. It's just an enemy. The, the thing is, it's not the problem is it's not even an enemy anymore. I don't even really have enemies because I'm I'm becoming too evolved to even think about it like that. Because they're not really enemies. It's like, oh, this person and I didn't get along once. Like, who cares? Yeah. But I, I was thinking about what still riles me up. And I was thinking about when you're a sophomore in anything and in, in high school or college and you hate the freshmen because they're too much like what you were just doing. And you're just like, ugh, because you're not far away yet from what you used to be to still mm -hmm. not be triggered by the behavior of somebody else. So yeah. I'm very triggered right now by when I see like grotesque ambition, when I just see like the hunger and the thirst and it's just like wild and it's just for yeah. nothing. Yeah. And because I'm not far enough away from it yet. And so I can't really answer this question, but thank you for asking it, person. You very articulately didn't answer it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Kim France. Um, okay. Now let's do, I think we should do one more question. Okay. Let's do one what, more question. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. We'll do one more question. I think this okay. is going to be a two-parter. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be, a, it's looking like a two-parter. Okay. When was the happiest moment of your life? And were you aware at that moment that you might not experience that happiness again? Whew, that's so hard. Let's choose some happiest moments. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I had very happy moments when Paul and I met where I felt just as happy as I ever had in my life. And, um, you know, when you're, when you get, when you're in the first blush of love, you get really manic and you can't focus on anything. Mm -hmm. And like, that was the kind of happiness that just felt stupid to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I felt like it was literally like 
leeching brain cells because all I wanted to do was like, you know, suck another person's finger. Yes. Yes. You know, like that, that kind of happiness is really poignant because you also know there's just no way it lasts at that level. Yeah. I had a, when I was 20, I had two very, very good girlfriends, 21. We were just 21. And, um, I remember we were roommates for a brief time before I met my second husband. I mean, my first husband, Jesus Christ, before I met my first husband and got into a whole disaster, which was that first marriage. But there was a summer where I hung out with these two women and we took lots of road trips. We listened to the breeders last splash. We would like, we were just wild. We'd be like, let's go to the beach before we go to work. And we'd go to the beach and then we'd drive back the two hours with like our uniforms, like drying out the window because we just washed them in the sink. You know, we're all waitresses together. And um, I just remember that feeling of freedom and friendship, like looking over Mm -hmm. at a friend sleeping in the car while you were driving and just like the pure love, my friend Beth. Oh my God. Um, And then, I mean- when Charlotte was born, the moment that Charlotte was born, there's nothing like that. And the the early, the couple of, there was sometimes in early motherhood where there was some profound joy. And, you know, I, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's just, there's, I've been very lucky. Yeah. I've been very lucky in my life. I mean, when I fell in love with my husband, I didn't think I was going to get that love again. I really didn't, even though I was only in my early thirties. I just didn't think that you would, I didn't think that it was possible, you know, and that, that feeling where you're just like magnetized what you were just saying, like you just want the presence of their skin. Yeah. But I've also been made happy by work. I've been, I've had real joy of like being like, oh my God, that happened. I did that. Or, or the other day I had a happy moment where I, I got two people together at this great job and I helped them both get this job. And I was like, oh my God, you guys are going to have so much fun working this job together. You're both great. And Mm -hmm. that was joy too. So, I mean, there's all joys everywhere. Listen to you. (laughs) Joy is everywhere. Oh my God. I'm going to remind you, you said that. (laughs) five minutes oh jesus christ <laughs> okay all right we've done it we did one we did one episode um should we should we wrap up let's wrap up okay um this to be continued thanks for listening to everything is fine we're your hosts i'm jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like this show, please rate or review it on all the platforms. It really makes a difference. We're reading five-star reviews on on air um, when we remember. If you want to support the show, you can go to the show's Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We do a monthly live Zoom event there. And after I finish this book, we will be blogging there again, too, as well. We are on Instagram at EIF Podcast. We're on Facebook. We have a private Facebook group. We're on Twitter. You can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me at tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini. And just so you know, our show is edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.